Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. I think we are all set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 254 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. And for the first time since March, the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Castorina, is in studio. What's going on, Matt? I'm living the dream still. Uh, the last time I was sitting here, the NBA hadn't canceled yet. Uh, Tom Hanks didn't have COVID. And that all changed uh, an hour after we were done recording, which feels like, I don't know, at least four years ago, but it was just like the second week of March. That's that's crazy how time has gone very slow. <laughs> <laughs> slow and yet fast all at the same yes. time. Uh, before we get started, as always, show brought to you by our awesome local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Dusharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick, Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our kick-ass merch provider, DesignTree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code DSGN10. Save yourself $10 off at checkout. And of course, the, the homies, the, the dudes doing it right when it comes to sunglasses, blue light glasses, and everything in between, tomahawk shades, Head over there, use the promo code USP at checkout. Saves you 25% off your entire order. It's the best promo code they have available. And all orders over $75 right now qualify for free shipping. Sixers are back, Matt. Uh, Matisse Thibel is going on late night shows with Jimmy Fallon. And uh, Ben Simmons got injured today. Yeah, not great. And this is one of the worries with any sport returning right now is there's a definite increased risk of injury, especially muscular injuries, but hopefully more precautionary than anything. Uh, Wojardy reported that seems like he could be okay. There's no uh, swelling or anything like that uh, that you might attribute to a more severe injury, but of course you never really know. And you don't really trust <laughs> the Sixers medical staff or the team themselves to necessarily do the right thing, as we saw with Ben's back injury. So hopefully, you know, obviously you want to hope that he's okay and he can carry on but I think we'd be a little surprised to see him next game just considering that there's not a lot to play for with these seeding games for the Sixers they're, they're kind of stuck in the position that they are and they've looked pretty average so far in this bubble overall they've had good moments and they've had pretty bad ones and letting TJ Warren torch you for a, a 50 burger is like not <laughs> not a ideal. particularly good way uh, especially to open your your you know, actual meaningful bubble games, but yeah, I think uh, haven't been too shocked with what we've seen from the Sixers so far, if I'm being honest. But hopefully, Ben's healthy because he's he's definitely critical to our success. There's no doubt about that. And obviously, with the the Pacers game, you can't get much worse than what Shake Milton did in that game. But 
since then, he's been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been a little more skeptical of Shake Milton uh, than I think some people, especially, have have come on very high to him uh, in the last few weeks. But yeah, he had a, a pretty brutal game against Indiana, but since then, like you said, has stepped up in a big way. He's hit clutch shots uh, and big moments. Uh, you know, wins the game against the Spurs really. And he is a, a player that I think if this team is going to do well, is going to have to be playing at a very good level. And he's one of the few guys we can depend on to uh, semi-create his own shot or at least hit shots reliably. Um, you know, his team, though, is still not taking nearly enough threes. It's a archaic kind of offense that we're working with right now. But that's that's obviously the pieces that we have and that we're likely to have going forward. So it's just what we have to, to work with. But... Yeah, Shake has been definitely better since uh, the Indiana game, but I think everyone on the team could uh, improve from that game on, really, uh, apart from Embiid. I think it was the only one you could say it was <laughs> had, a, had a normal game for him or at least a very good game for him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, I think you know, we have gotten a, a two games away from that now, and you've seen definitely some improvement. Um, but that it is a worry when, when you look at a game like that, especially with how banged up the Pacers were. Um, missing Brogdon, uh, Oladipo still working back. Uh, they don't have Sabonis. Like that's a team you should be handling, and the Pacers have typically been a team that the the Sixers have done well against. So that has to be better. And you know, it, it wasn't. But you know, it's not even the first time this year that the Pacers have handed the Sixers a very disappointing loss. It was what New Year's, New Year's Day, Eve. New, yeah, New Year's Eve. Uh, that game was horrendous god bless anyone you know what it was that that was just the worst way into 2020 yep <laughs> that should have been the sign yeah that has just been a, a an earth tilting uh, uh, game right there but yeah it's um you know I, I i don't think you can have there's no new complaints about the sixers team uh you know i think the only thing is they've actually done better in the bubble than i thought they would when you consider that their road form this season was absolutely abysmal uh, the fact that they have two wins is already, I think, better than their road record for the season. Um, yeah, which I'm half joking. I think what they have like eight wins on the road, something, or something like that. disgusting like that. So they're already almost there, uh, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm looking at this as like really just an appetizer that you don't care about. Uh, yeah. Just waiting for the main course uh, that you are looking a lot forward to, which is the, the playoffs here. So I'm, uh, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on just even the the seeding games and whatever who cares 10 wins on the road that's absolutely (laughs) awful that is just the worst thing i've ever heard of the good news is that a lot of teams have looked pretty inconsistent Mm -hmm. to start which i mean you know at least no one no one in the east has really caught my eye besides the raptors uh, you know that seems like they've really they really look like they're they're in mid-season form i think you know this is going to affect teams Kind of equally in the way that they've all had long layoffs and this is all a very brand new environment for everyone um so at least everyone's playing in, under those same kind of circumstances and i did feel that the sixers coming into this they do have a style of play that you could make the case could translate to the bubble um it hasn't really because defensively they have not looked very good apart from the wizards today but congrats you know <laughs> you should you should be shutting blowing them the out of the water yeah you, you should be doing that but to give up what you did against the Pacers, a team that really doesn't have a high-powered office uh, offense, especially with the the missing players they had, and the Spurs as well, not really a team that should be putting up 130 on you. Uh, but let's let's hold our breath, <laughs> the Sixers. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know if you saw this yesterday. This is via uh, Caesar Sportsbook, not a sponsor. Uh, a $100 parlay last night could have earned you close to $100,000 when it came to the bubble playoffs. Uh, if you bet the Nets' money line against the Bucks, which they were plus 1500 the Suns' money line where Devin Booker just hit that absurd shot, they were plus 320 against the Clippers. The Heat money line against the Celtics where they were plus 175. The Blazers to beat the Rockets at plus 145. And then the Pacers at minus 105 to beat the Magic. If you bet all of those on a $100 parlay, you won $88,296. I mean, it's pretty simple. You just got to go back in time. It's easy. <laughs> now we know. I mean, I've always I've always thought, you know, there's people are always like those hypotheticals about like, oh, what superpower do you want? Like invisibility or flying? Like the ability to tell the future yes. would be... I mean, obviously the superior one, but like you would never have to worry about money ever because you could do, you could make money in a billion different ways. Yep, sports betting definitely being incredibly easy. You know exactly how everything's going to go. I'm not. See, parlays are difficult because yes, they're, you like look you you do like three or four of them. And you look at the odds, you're like oh, see, like I only need to bet like five bucks and I can win like two hundred. But it's like it's just it never works out. Nope. It's it's a really easy way to disappoint yourself. Um, so yeah. I, I did. I did do uh, DraftKings had it was pretty insane promos. Bet twenty dollars, uh, and they'll give you a hundred dollars. Like bet twenty to win a hundred mm-hmm. on any NBA like bubble opening weekend game. Like that was easy money. I bet on the Clippers. Was I almost thought about betting on the Sixers, but <laughs> I've learned my lesson. You don't really want to double dip on your emotional and financial. <laughs> health <laughs> on, on a team that routinely disappoints you. The only thing I need is for Ben Simmons when he's not injured is to just chuck up threes because uh, DraftKings is offering, you know, free money if he just makes one. And the over-under is at point five. <laughs> well, ben Simmons is like an annoyed cat that knows <sighs> he knows exactly what you want him to do yep. and refuses to do it, I think, because he likes spiting us, but... Yeah, that that's pretty pretty quickly died down, right? All the heat about him uh, taking threes. He, he took <laughs> two against the Grizzlies in the exhibition, and was like, "Oh, here it comes." There and, and it's there gone. It goes. <laughs> that's that's Ben Simmons for you. We'll see. We'll see him shoot another three in like four months, I think. Yeah, next season yeah. we'll get back to well, it. Well, if there is one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, last uh, coronavirus testing update: no positive tests in the NBA bubble. So big ups to the uh crazy. the covid committee with the nba it's crazy like you know if you test people regularly and screen them and social distance as much as you can and wear masks it's like uh, what a know, concept what if, all right so crazy idea what if it's the bubble right but it's like the whole country where like everyone gets tested like all the time what a concept and then like we quarantine people who are sick I don't know. I feel like this could work on could like work. a national scale, but that's just me. Unless you're Kylo Quinn and you miss your test. Which is unbelievable. I don't get how that happens. All really you don't. have to do is show up, play, and get tested. What else is there to do in the bubble? Like, I know you can play like foosball and like, golf Xbox, and all that, but, but like you, you have nowhere else to be. This isn't like, you know, you missed a press conference in, in under normal circumstances. Like, oh, yeah, you got caught up somewhere. Like... Bro, you're in a bubble. Like, what do you mean? There's a literal schedule laid out for you when you have to go and everything. It is not that hard. story of this Sixer season. I guess the one, I don't know if you'd call it a silver lining, I guess the one thread that you could leave talking about these first few games is the Sixers haven't really had their depth either. Yeah. They have Mike Scott. They haven't had Glenn Robinson the third. I mean, these are those are guys you'd expect to be pretty big contributors. Like, both of those guys should be playing, you know, 15, maybe 20 minutes a night. 
So that's, you know, one thing if you want to kind of hang your hat on, be like, well, you know, we haven't seen those guys integrated yet. I mean, truly, we haven't seen Glenn Robinson III integrated at all. Is he even here yet? <laughs> I'm like, surprised he, he made it to the bubble considering his history of aviation uh, and travel. <laughs> I figured it would have taken at least four months to, to get there on horseback. Um, and so hopefully we, we get those guys soon, at least for the playoffs. But, yeah, I, I think this has been kind of what we expected from the Sixers. Is it uh, did it annoy you as much as it annoyed me seeing Joshua Harris on your, your screen <laughs> to kick this whole thing off? I was, of all people, to to just rub in our faces. Let's just have a whole segment dedicated to Joshua Harris. What an absolute just snake that guy is. Um, we haven't forgotten that uh, he he tried weaseling his way out of paying people a living wage while he's a billionaire and trying to uh, buy the Mets. Yeah. Um, we haven't forgotten, <laughs> and we won't ever forget. Yeah, it's I, – I could honestly care less what uh, Josh Harris has to say. I, like, to me, he is a, a, a stain on this organization. He sucks. I hate him. Um, I'm kind of tired of, like, giving the owners any kind of platform. Like, I'm of the belief that I don't want to hear them talk. <laughs> it's like, I, I, what, I, we don't need it. Yeah, I – what valuable information or insight are they going to give me? Like, these guys live in their own bubble. They, they have no idea what it's like to live a normal day of life. And uh, I could truly care less what Josh Harris has to say about anything, unless he's making an announcement he's selling the team. And then you can put him on my screen. Uh, until then, I don't want to see a single NBA owner on my screen no. when I'm just trying to watch some basketball. That's it. Don't do it. <laughs> and I just the... Care. The interviews that he did where they were just stroking his ego. Oh, you did so much for the community and bought these Chromebooks and everything. And yet, yeah, after he tried laying people off from their jobs when they have plenty of money to dish out. Like, it, it was just absolutely disgusting. I can't. Can't even really put into words. But, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't have to put up with that again. I think... <laughs> Uh, it was nice to see the camaraderie of everyone, though, uh, unanimously kind of tweeting about how they couldn't believe that he was yes. on their TV and why. Um, so at least everyone's kind of on the same page in that regard on Sixers Twitter, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, what do we like? I, I just I, I don't get the point. No, <laughs> there is no point. These guys for their opinion or, or giving them little fluff pieces like, yeah, like they need the extra ego stroke. It blows my mind. Uh, Matisse Thibel, though, makes an appearance uh, on the late night show with Jimmy Fallon. The the best late night show, we should say. Hands down. Um, which I thought was pretty awesome. Came out of nowhere, too. Um, so pretty cool to see Matisse continuing to, uh, you know, get the attention his vlogs and everything deserve. And Jimmy checking in with not a, a big name guy, too. Like, obviously, Matisse being a rookie and... His vlogs have definitely put him on the map in the consciousness of people, but it's not like, oh, let's get LeBron James or let's get, you know, Anthony Davis. Or, it's Matisse Thibel. Yeah, yeah, definitely not at all a household name. Yeah. Not someone that people would see on the recommended page on YouTube and click, like, <laughs> about Matisse <laughs> Thibel's thoughts. Um, I think it's a credit to him and what he's you know done to, to kind of make himself that way make himself a known name uh, not necessarily for his play but for his creativity and that's cool and i love jimmy fallon i don't know why people always hate on him i think he's one of my favorite snl uh, cast members of all time he's a very funny dude i love it. he's the only late night show that i'll watch like yes stuff. like everyone else i'm like i honestly it's don't. a struggle 
yeah, I'm not not all that interested. But he routinely, I think, does funny stuff. So good for Matisse. I like seeing that. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Matisse kind of gave his thoughts on you know is the bubble gonna work and uh, you know just his skepticism about everything. But uh, it was cool to see Matisse kind of get the the platform and everything from just everything he's been doing. Um, I think before we flip to the other bubble team, uh, since we are you know quote unquote in the media, we'd be remiss not to talk about the NBC Sports uh, Philadelphia layoffs, including. Greg Murphy, Derek Gunn, and Paul Udrick. Uh Just a tough day for Philadelphia media and media across, you know, the country. But to see those three high-profile names and, you know, a total of 17 uh, people at NBC Sports Philadelphia getting laid off is just so rough to see. It's, it is – it does suck. Um, and you're unfortunately seeing this in not just Philly, like lots of – big like i i know um boston as well had, mm-hmm. had the same kind of situation and you know philly boston like you're talking two very big markets um that are you know clearly struggling right now and just the reality of the world that we live in right is is it's very uncertain in the future of sports and when are we gonna have fans in stadiums again when are things gonna be at least semi-normal um and it sucks because they're they're talented people and we love watching and listening to what they have to say and the questions that they ask and the bonds that they build with the athletes here. And I think the athletes appreciate them. We've seen, you know, like various uh, like Philly athletes tweeting, you know, how disappointed they are about that decision. So my hope is that it's more temporary, you know, that this is just in the moment. Uh, the outlook is not good. And I agree the outlook isn't good because I don't see a way that these sports are, are back in the way that we want them to be in 2020 um you know i I think 2021 is still even who knows big question but i uh it's it's disappointing but this is just it's like just another break in a very long road of the worst year of my life yes i mean this is just every week it is something new that just makes you say well that sucks (laughs) yeah it's just every week I mean, Greg Murphy, I don't remember Philly's baseball without yeah. Murph, to be honest. Uh, he brought such a an awesome spin to the Phillies broadcast, and especially, you know, after Harry Callis passed away, I thought Murph was, like, you know, one of the best in the game at, you know, the sideline reporting and just part of the broadcast team. Uh, he will finish this uh, odd season of Phillies baseball, and then that's when he'll uh, – be laid off but he's not with the broadcast right now because he was experiencing uh symptoms of COVID-19 so we're wishing our best for Murph uh but he was with NBC Sports Philadelphia for 20 years Derek Gunn was uh you know with NBC Sports for 17 years and it's hard to think of Eagles football without Derek Gunn and like you said players tweeting about it most notably Brandon Graham and Derek Gunn's you know back and forth banter that they've had Brandon Graham quote tweeted uh Derek Gunn's you know goodbye video tweet and said can't believe they did my guy D Gunn like this players trusted him coaches trusted him won't be the same without him and I think that's a big thing that a lot of you know just normal fans don't think about when media members get laid off is like they build relationships with players they build relationships with coaches and organizations and at a certain point those players and coaches start to trust them with more things than your your national media member just a a random member of the media 
when somebody like Derek Gunn's around the team for almost two decades, you're going to build a, a special bond and be able to trust somebody like that with specific information. Yeah, so I've been watching uh, the, the Last Dance, the Jordan documentary on Netflix, because I don't have ESPN, so I wasn't able to watch it then. Yeah. It made it impossible to watch when it first came out. Um, and Ahmad Rashad was like Jordan's like go-to guy. And I mean, like that's how it is. Like he would ride in cars with him. Like they'd mm-hmm. go play golf. They would, you know, like be on the plane together. They travel together. They'd have family like gathering. Like, you know, they'd they'd hang out. And yeah, it's it's more than just oh, you show up and ask a few questions. Like you you do get to know these guys. And in a sense, they become almost like coworkers for these yeah. guys. And and probably even beyond that, these are people that share like a lot of intimate moments. You have to think too. Like I mean great wins bad losses like having someone contract there. signings yeah like you know your your biggest moments of your life are shared with these people which is strange to think about but yeah. it's the reality of the job too um so yeah it's it sucks all the way around there's no there's no silver line to this um and you just hope that the, the only thing you can hope is that it's it's temporary and hopefully things go back to normal in this country soon but i mean talk about uh talk about high hopes right i mean geez <laughs> And uh, same with Paul Hudrick. I thought he was one of the best uh, in the business covering the Sixers. Brought a lot of different insight to covering the team than your typical, you know, basketball insider and, and analyst and everything. So uh, especially to those three and everybody at NBC Sports Philadelphia that wound up getting laid off today, we send you our best. And, you know, there's a, a bunch of talent out there now for a bunch of different, you know, corporations and operations and everything in between to pick up now because those people are the best in the business and it's a shame too when you look at a a company like NBC Sports Philadelphia where growing up that was like wow this could be like the empire of Philadelphia sports media like they're doing things the right way they're giving you a homegrown broadcast and now it's kind of just getting taken out from underneath of them yeah and you know you have to say too not really from their own doing yeah i mean it is nbc is, as a whole yeah i mean this whether we like it or not i mean this this year and everything that's affected with this pandemic is um it is it's career changing it's life changing i mean there, everything is shifting and sports are going to be one of those things that i think will be greatly affected right i mean again it's it's hard to predict obviously what's going to happen month to month here but you know when you can't have fans in the stadium and and what that does to the atmosphere and what that does to these entertainment companies that have built a brand around mm-hmm. interviewing fans of, you know, pauses in the game and, and talking to people or, you know, there's, there's, you, you watch even sports now and yeah, it's nice having the back, even with the bubble situation, all this, but it's not the same. It's, it's, it definitely feels almost performative, you know, like it feels like you're, I don't know. It, it's it, without the fans there. It's it's a whole different experience, and um, you know, it's it's better than nothing. But it is it is a much much different viewing watch than yes. than than what we're used to, and especially with the the crowd noise has really started to like grain on me. Like I really <laughs> don't want to hear it anymore. I'd rather hear like tonight. Like we just watched the the finish to that Phillies game, and we heard like. Um, I don't know who was the Yankees player that Paul was like, Nevin yeah, was Paul Nevin was like, coach. yeah, it was a, well, I think it was a guy who struck out was like, oh yeah, he called him like a mother effer yeah. and all this, like you know, and 
I wouldn't and hear then that. Nevin stuff. comes out and starts screaming. At I'd him. rather hear that than like fake crowd. I don't mind the crowd noise that they pump in specifically about the Phillies when it's like the when murmur of, happens when or... the murmur of the crowd. You know, yeah. like how there's always that kind of like general like just chatter. Like that's okay, but yeah, I don't like the like cheering and all that. It just throws. I mean, me say off. somebody hits a home run or whatever. Like it's not kind of like interacting with the generalities of the game. Where, like you said, like if somebody comes out and disagrees with what an umpire says, I want to hear that interaction mm-hmm. because we finally can hear it. It's not like we need John Boy to read lips and and break down what's happening because it's right in front of our faces now. Um, it's jarring. It, it's it's fun to watch, and I mean, that's one of the things I think a lot of us kind of looked forward to with no fans in the stands. If they were going to play, is like we're going to be able to hear a lot of things that we normally don't get to hear. Um, so, I mean, that is definitely one time that, like, I'd rather the crowd noise be died down there and let's hear guys yelling at each other when they don't agree with something that goes down. Um, but the the other bubble that's uh, going down right now up in Canada, Flyers. Flyers, baby. What a, what a performance. I mean, 4-1 win over the Bruins. Just a fantastic showing from this team and they look like they you know there's still a little bit of of sloppiness here and there but i think that's from every team but they look great and carter hart was fantastic that was some performance uh by the entire team and you look at even who's scoring i mean it wasn't like your 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 typical stars right i mean there was a few names in there that are usually maligned by the fans but um yeah carter hart fantastic performance i think certainly deserving all the praise he gets but i mean this was the, you know, at least one of the best teams in hockey, right? Yes. I mean, this this was a team that, you know, you wouldn't be shocked to see make a, a Stanley Cup Finals this year in the Bruins. And you'd say that the Flyers handled them pretty well. It's one game, right? You know, you don't want to get carried away. But this has been – I think the big worry was that the Flyers missed kind of their opportunity with the, the pausing of the season and that they were just on a great run of confidence that, you know, second half of the season they were playing so well – and it felt like it was coming together, you know, right? It felt like the stars were aligning, and there was a worry that some of that kind of magic was going to slip away. Now, again, you know, you haven't had a, a you know a ton of games here, right? You know, but they have looked good still, and that has to be inspiring. Um, you know, and, and again, when you look at the way that Carter Hart's playing, like, why would you doubt it? You know, I I, I think that this is a team that can definitely continue to go far and play well, and. I'm much more optimistic having seen them play now and the way they looked. I was like, all right, like this, this can work again. Like it wasn't just a flash in the pan. Yep. This wasn't just, you know, they got, they got hot and that was it. No, like this team might actually just be very good and they can replicate this and it would be very flyers to win a Stanley cup <laughs> with no fans <laughs> in Canada. In Canada. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Michael Raffle scores a goal, has an assist. Scott Lawton scored that goal. Uh, Phil Myers with just the ultimate clapback goal, and Nate Thompson. You know, it's it's not the Jeruz and the Konechnies and Kevin Hayes scoring goals in this game. It's it's kind of the role players. And the unfortunate part of this game is Michael Roffel injured, and uh, he's going to be out for uh, some time. Uh, he's not going to be back for a while, according to AV. So, Joel Farabee, welcome to the uh, the spotlight, kid. <laughs> Welcome to the train. <laughs> um, Flyers play tomorrow, today, if you're listening to the audio version of the show. 
against the Capitals, though, and they've had some success against the Washington Capitals this year, and that's uh, that's always an exciting thing. It's Flyers Capitals is one of those games that you always get amped up for, and uh, the way that uh, Montreal's been playing against the Penguins, too, you know, if the Flyers keep winning, move up seeding-wise, we could see uh, maybe a one-seed Flyers team. We could. I mean, it, especially with the way that this format is with the, the round robin and everything, um, if you win tomorrow, especially, you put yourself in a very strong position to, to do just that. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, it's an exciting time for the Flyers. And I'll say this, too. I think hockey has done it insanely right. I think even when you look at the stadium, I think it's yeah. fantastic presentation. I mean, I love that they – uh, covered, covered the stand the with like those big like banners even like they give you lots of shots of like the uh, screens mm-hmm. and and stuff going on in the background you have like the zoom calls with like fans and stuff which is i think always really cool to have as part of like the broadcast to to cut away to or just have in the background even um hockey's you know well gary bettman gary bettman like gets a lot of hate and i think there there's valid reasons to that but over the years the booing for him has become kind of an inside joke right like mm-hmm. it's just everyone's in on it you always boom no matter what and he's also like played into that he's even said like oh they should pipe in booing like yeah. whenever i'm there um for all the hate he gets i mean this is his been, stock has gone way up this has been the best restart i think from beginning to yeah, obviously we haven't ended of course but you know beginning on you know because the phases been, have been well executed there's, there's been little to no issues with uh, any positive tests, right? And that that's also aided by the fact that you're in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, which has handled COVID a lot better than America has. Um, but, you know, the the players themselves seem to be taking it very seriously, and I think that comes from leadership at the top. I think that's yep. something we've seen <laughs> with a lot of this stuff is if the person at the head decides that they're going to take this very seriously, people will follow suit, right? It's easier to do it that way than if someone up top doesn't care or is – you're putting forth not very much effort or concern, then why would anyone else, right? right? You know, besides their own volition. So I think hockey's done this very well, and I'm really looking forward to watching the Flyers play, which we have to be very frank, that hasn't been the case a lot over the last few years. So it's very exciting. Um, and then they play, like we said, against the Capitals tomorrow and then Saturday against the Lightning. And, you know, going into this restart, knowing what the format was going to be, We've said, you know, this is an opportunity that is perfect for the Flyers because they are the four seed going into it. It doesn't really hurt them if they lose, but if they win and they're proving that they can handle these top teams in the East, it's a, it's a really good sign moving forward and building momentum going into, you know, your series play uh, that you're coming in hot and, and playing well against the the teams that are in front of you standings wise and you're beating them handily so far with a 4-1 win over the Bruins. And I I love this format as well by the way. I would it's actually so fun. I would actually almost like this to continue, yes. right? Where you have the top 4 teams play a round robin to determine seeding there and then you kind of expand the rest to play these mini series, right? To to play in. I think that that could stick. I, I love mean, it. There's there's a few of these restart plans where like like the MLS, right? Like, we'd love to have the MLS's back tournament, you know, at the beginning of seasons, right? Some people have said it'd be a little more difficult to do, but I I don't know. I, you know, this might be a discussion we, we have further down the road, but I wouldn't be upset if this is the way the NHL does playoffs. And they're uh, reseeding after every round, too, yes. which I think is an interesting idea. Um, 
So hockey, strangely, is being like very progressive, progressive, and, and willing to to change things and be aggressive in the right ways, um, and give new things a shot, which is cool. Like you're, this is, uh, I feel like they're turning over a new leaf in a way. Honestly, I don't want to get it too carried away with my praise for them, but I, I think, I think they deserve yeah. a lot of credit and praise for the way that they've uh, handled this entire restart plan, uh, plan and the presentation of it all. And the seriousness that they've given it, I think, deserves a lot of credit. Um, and I think every other major sports league should be looking at hockey as an example of how to do this properly from the start. You know, for, from the very beginning, they've had this right. And I think this is clearly the way to do it. We've seen with Major League Baseball that if you try it the old way, just all you're doing is just getting rid of fans and asking people to wear masks. You're going to have tons of issues um, even just a, a three days into your season, whereas hockey's going to be able to, to finish this out, and we'll see where we go from there. And I hope that other leagues are, are writing down some notes because this is the way to do it. Easily. And, you know, the, the entertainment factor has still been there, especially, you know, everybody talking about, you know, the, the closeness and proximity. Of the, like, they're in a bubble. These guys have been tested. They're continuing to get tested. And... um you know, people are like, oh, why are they fighting when there's no fans there? Like, it's competition. It's part of hockey. And if, if these guys are healthy enough to play and they've cleared protocol, like, let them beat the shit out of each other if it, if it comes to that. You know, I've had no problems with damn near anything that's gone on in hockey from the games I've been able to watch and from the Flyers game I watched. Like you said, I've been thoroughly impressed um, from top to bottom. The, the stadium setup has been fantastic. It's very Olympic-like in my book, the way that it's set up, mm-hmm. um, which I think in a way kind of helps the players too, since there are so many guys that play for their, their nations during the Olympics and everything. Um, so it gives them a bit of, uh, you know, comfort in the, the style of how the stadium is set up. Um, and I mean, but, hockey itself too is always, you know, there's so many different levels to hockey, yeah. right? Where I think more so, I think baseball is probably the only other sport that's like this, where you have like so many tournaments, right? And you have so many like, different leagues or levels within your kind of your ladder or your structure right. uh you know you have juniors and all this like you have all these different things i think the players are used to kind of this situation yeah. right where round robins and seeding games aren't exactly unusual unheard of things right um and yeah i think again you know a, a huge feather in their cap is that everyone's been receptive to the idea and has tried to work forward to do this as safely and as smartly as possible, and that's been the way it, it has. This has been doing. This has been getting done as as best as I think you can do it, given the circumstances. Absolutely, and uh, this just in: Brian Elliott will get the start in net tomorrow night against the Capitals. Makes a lot of sense. Flyers posted a graphic uh, with his numbers against the Capitals this year. 2.00 goals against average, a 9.26 save percentage, and a 2-0 record against the Washington Capitals. Yeah, Pretty damn that. good, especially for your quote-unquote backup goalie or a 1A in this instance, I'd say, with how Brian Elliott's played this year. Yeah, and I mean, this is a litmus test as well because you obviously I think Carter Hart had a lot to do in that Bruins game, uh, certainly deserving of, of the praise that he got. But this is, I think, the if, if the Flyers can go up, Say they don't win, right, but this is still a, a very good game and they play well again. That, to me, is the sign that, okay, like we're, I think we're very much on to something, but it's hard, to, it's hard to bet against the Flyers right yeah. now and count them out. And, I mean, it, it, 
it gives Carter Hart a chance to get off his feet too. You're not playing him consecutively, especially when who knows how much longer the Flyers will be in this bubble with how well they're playing. You know, they're going to be there for a good amount of time. Uh, give Carter Hart some rest and give a guy who's had success against the Capitals this year a chance to play. And, uh, you know, I the Flyers goalie tandem this year has been excellent. So either guy that's in net, I'm excited about it, um, especially when a guy like Brian Elliott has handled the Capitals the way that he has this year. Very looking forward to it. Shout out the Flyers. Fantastic uh, stuff. Love to see the way they're playing. And uh, one other thing we love to see is uh, companies doing the right thing by their uh, their consumers. And that's what Tomahawk Shades is doing. Our friends over at Tomahawk Shades uh, decided when they started their company, why am I going to pay an arm and a leg for a pair of sunglasses that I could end up losing, breaking, or anything in between? Uh, you know, I wear my blue light glasses every show. Got my sunglasses on when I'm driving to work, you know, outside for a walk, anything like that, because I'm not stupid and going to the beach. Um, but Tomahawk Shades, right now, all orders over $75 qualify for free shipping. They have their rewards program that you can sign up for. It's free to sign up with Hawk Points. Every dollar you spend on the website, you earn a Hawk Point. If you follow them on Instagram and Facebook through the site, you get 50 Hawk Points per uh, follow. And then if you celebrate a birthday, which Matt just did, Matt got 100 Hawk points yesterday. It's, it's easy as that. And uh, right off the bat, you're saving 25% off your order with our promo code USP at checkout. Tomahawk Shades, quality product, affordable price. Use that promo code, help us pay some bills, and get a, a, a quality product. Like I, We don't endorse products on this show that we don't think you know, our listeners wouldn't enjoy. These sunglasses are better than any pair of sunglasses i've ever worn uh the blue lights have been fantastic so make sure you check out our friends at tomahawk shades philadelphia union matt going at it tonight almost game time almost game time in a semifinal they get one over on sporting kansas city an old rival in uh cup games they've been heartbreakers for us before and it was uh i was actually on a zoom call and like had the game on the background no one really cared in the Zoom call, but I was letting everyone know how well the Union were doing. <laughs> um, Brendan Aronson, just absolutely, what a stud. absolutely disgusting work. Uh, they've scored some really beautiful goals so far in this tournament, and that hasn't really been their M.O. either. I mean, yeah. the three goals within, what, 15 minutes in that first half not been the way that they've operated. Uh, they're very much a counter-attack-oriented uh, team, so to see that from them has been fantastic. Um, and, you know, I was kind of hoping to see the scoring uptick a little bit, and we did. And Portland is, is no easy out. But right now, especially with LAFC gone, the Union have to be one of your favorites. I think the ideal matchup would be them and, and Minnesota in the final, uh, not just because it'd be great to be another Minnesota team and break their hearts. <laughs> um, but I think those have, been the, my final. <laughs> those have been the two – most fun teams to, to watch I think in the MLS's back tournament I think that's what's great about you know the the semifinals now is everyone that's in it you know you've enjoyed watching mm -hmm. um, and there's there's no one getting through here on uh, I don't know like bully ball or, or just really slowing <laughs> the play down uh, like like anyone who goes to the final here I think is going to be really entertaining um, it's either going to be us in Portland or or you know, one of Orlando and Minnesota in the final which I think is going to be very cool Andre Blake has been a brick wall, too. Absolutely. And I think, 
You look at every team that uses a goalie in Philadelphia, whether it's the Union, the the Flyers, the Wings, anybody with a goalie right now has an absolute brick wall, you know, holding it down. And and Blake had kind of a rough year last year. So mm-hmm. He's been perennially a very good keeper. Um, last year, definitely, definitely had some mistakes in him. But this, I mean, in this tournament, I think he's been probably overall the the MVP, right? I, I think that's who you'd say has been the best. Um, there's definitely some names on there. It's it's not just him, but he has been really fantastic and and a huge difference to this team. I mean, again, when you talk about the defensive effort, um, yeah, it's been really really fantastic. And he's had to bail us out a few times, and he has. Um, so. I'm looking forward to that continuing, but Portland is no easy out, that's for sure. I mean, the, this is going to be a very, very difficult team to beat. Um, certainly, I think, you know, it, under normal circumstances, would be a team you'd ex- be expecting to, to go deep in the playoffs. And um, But Philly, I think you have to start saying in that, that same kind of tone, right? I mean, and this has been a kind of a project for them. They've been a team that has invested a lot in the youth, and you're seeing some of the fruits of that labor uh, coinciding with, I think, some some very good signings, right? So there's no reason to believe that they can't make a final. And, you know, from there, who knows? You know, finals are always really difficult, very stressful. Hate watching them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they can make it happen. And I'd love to see them go to the final. But either way, I think this has been a, a successful tournament for, for the Union so far um, and shows that when you commit to a plan and, and see it out long-term, Sixers – uh, it can work, yeah. you know, and if you put the right people in the right situations and trust them, uh, even with bumps on the road, it can work and, and lead to some success. Uh, and, you know, let's hope that this isn't the only, the, let's hope <laughs> this isn't the last game that we get to see from the union. Right. Right. Like let's see one more. And, uh, you know, for everybody that was calling for Jim Curtin's head a couple of years ago, man, has he done one hell of a job with this team? Yeah. And he's a, a great, uh, interviewer as well yes love, love hearing him at the press conferences uh very open and uh good responses i i like listening to him and i think again you you have to say the union have set up very well they are a team i think that kind of lends themselves to uh, you know a tournament style uh type of game because they they're they're able to prey so much on these quick chances and mm-hmm. transitions so well that is something that can be just mentally devastating to other teams when you know you give possession away you know you have three four union players already moving into the final third ready to ready to, to make something happen i think that's been um the the big key here and you look at even the goals scored they're being spread around there, there's been no resounding one guy kind of carrying the load um you know Montero and, and aronson have obviously been the two guys you've been looking at the most to be creative or, or scoring goals but this has been a very, very good tournament for the Union. And like I said, I hope this is not the last time we get to see them uh, in in the bubble here. I hope we get to see at least one more. Yeah. Uh, so and I would love to see the bubble again for the for the MLS, by the way. I, I don't really know how you do it. Again, what the MLB is showing us, it's very, very <laughs> hard to do. Um, I think bubble's the way forward. And, you know, I understand it's hard for the players to be away from their families and all, but... Um, I wouldn't be opposed either as a fan, as a viewer, to seeing this again. Yeah, especially until there is a vaccine and, you know, it, it makes sense for uh, these teams to travel and, and be at their home stadiums with fans in the stands and everything. I, I think it's the way to move forward. And, uh, you know, I 
they talked about it last night on the uh, Premier Lacrosse League broadcast. They're not discounting having a bubble again next year. Um, you know, it's something that they're wanting to see a vaccine before fans are allowed back in the stands because that's the number one priority for you know the viewers that they're safe um, because that is your consumer in a business world. So uh, good luck to the union. Uh, Phils though, they're finally back after the uh, the Marlins layoff. Um, they beat the Yankees this afternoon in an away game at Citizens Bank Park. <laughs> the first one ever, I think. Right? I mean, uh, I, I actually think it is the fourth one because a couple years ago when the uh, the G20 summit was in Toronto. Right. The Blue Jays were at Citizens Bank Park as the home team, but first bubble away uh, home team, whatever you want to call it. But Phils beat the Yankees in a nail biter because our bullpen absolutely stinks. Yeah, I think we're the only team that uh, could go into the last uh, <laughs> into the the bottom of the inning up eleven three and pull out a get, save situation. Get very nervous, uh, like genuinely nervous. Um, yeah, I mean that. It's that was the issue of this Philly season so far is that uh, we're really just I don't know the last six years, uh, the bullpen is just absolute dumpster fire, and I mean they're pulling out names that I don't I've I don't know <laughs> I'm again curious that these guys maybe won some kind of raffle and they had to quarantine for like two days because that's MLB's protocol I guess, um, and they got to go out and pitch. And that was they made a donation to one of the Phillies charities or something because Jesus, I don't know how I don't know where we're getting these guys. And I try not to be too critical of players because it's hard, right? And they're mm-hmm. obviously very talented, but Jesus, it is it is brutal. It is brutal to watch this bullpen and in, in, in work. Like it, it is so so difficult. I don't know why they didn't just give Zach the uh, the full game. I get well, actually I do because you know. <laughs> Thanks to the Marlins, we're gonna have to play like forty straight days yeah. of baseball. Um, so you kind of take take the rest when you can. Um, it was a calculated risk, which is <laughs> insane to say when you're up eleven three to to pull him just to give him that that little extra bit of juice. But man, the fact that you cannot count on your bullpen for an eight run cushion is terrifying. Now the Yankees are obviously. For my money, best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, if a, not one of them, yeah, yeah I mean, them and the Dodgers. Offensively, as well, a team that if there is a team to make up that kind of deficit, it's the Yankees. Um, but you have the game in firm control, and you should not be losing. And it, I think it's really an indictment as well. Like if the Phillies didn't have such a good offensive performance, right? I mean, that's seven runs. That's that'll win you a lot of games, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so this is especially in a seven inning game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Jesus, you know, you're, you're talking about what what would that have looked like? Right. <laughs> carrying, I extend mean, that a little bit more. We, I mean, we saw it. We saw it against the the, la- the the Marlins game, right? You know, where you lose your starter in like the fifth inning, and boom, there's an additional eight runs. Um, they're just bleeding out right now, and I uh, I don't trust anybody but Hector Neris in that bullpen. Yes, absolutely. That's and it right now. It, it's it's a sad state of affairs right now, and. Um, I genuinely don't know how they carry on because, like, I, I you're going to lose every game. You you will lose so many games this way. And we complained about it last year, and it was a very blatant issue that didn't get addressed. And here we are now in a shortened season where you're going to have to depend on your bullpen even more than ever. And there's I, I have zero faith 
Zero. None. Uh, and for the most part, in the uh, the rain-shortened game in New York, I mean, Jake Arrieta was serviceable, at least. That was, that's the kind of game that, you know what, we're like... If we get that from Jake, five Arrieta, innings, three earned runs, four strikeouts, whatever you know, like that's <laughs> it's better. It's better than anything else we have, and it, you know, first of all, Zach Wheeler's been amazing. Yes, absolutely fantastic so far. Nola's been good. I think again, he he's set such a high standard for himself that mm-hmm. it's it's always hard with him, right? He's always going to be, I think, a victim of his own success in a few different ways. But those two are so high on the cliff it is it is monstrous the drop off yes uh, between them and Jake Arrieta and then it is Mariana's trench levels <laughs> to everyone else i mean you are talking into the depths of earth's core to find the rest of our rotation and bullpen and bullpen because our bullpen's even lower than the rotation With hector neris like belaying the lines <laughs> down hector to neris is like Climbing yeah. up the mountain to try to reach up to Aaron Nola yeah. and Dude, Zach the, Wheeler, laying the rope down into like the seventh layer of hell <laughs> where the rest of our bullpen lives. Like, Jesus, they are literally uh, the the fish sitting in that that cavern uh, in the episode of SpongeBob when he's hanging out with Kevin, yes. the sea cucumber. Um, but I mean, that's the type of thing. Like Jake Arrieta only gives up three runs, and then your next guy in the bullpen, again, a guy we've never heard of, Dios Guerra. Three earned he runs. Was, in, I remember him from the Marlins game. Uh, <laughs> three earned runs in two Scored thirds of an inning with one hit given up. It's just, it's they they they're true confidence killers. I don't know how, as a uh, you know like a fielder, you feel confident. Like it, that that to me has to just be it's soul crushing. As a fan, it's soul crushing. I think as a player, it has to be. It has to grate on you knowing that as soon as that starter leaves, it's over. Like you're gonna have to do so much more work. You know, at any plate appearance you have now, you you ha- the the pressure is definitely on to go out and score runs. I mean, again, an eleven three uh, advantage should be a, in the bottom of an inning should be practically unassailable. You know, obviously one in a hundred, it'll it'll you know change right, and and you'll have something crazy happen. But I knew as soon as they said Zach Wheeler was retired, I was like, oh, cool, here we go. <laughs> this is. Uh, you just roll the eyes. They had, they had, what, six or seven straight hits in yep. that inning? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And it's it's also so frustrating, too, with the Marlins' layoff uh, for the Phillies because they had those positive tests come through and then come to find out two of the three were f- false positives. Um, so from a player's standpoint, too, where it's like, we're all good. We've cleared protocol and everything. We just want to play, like, that's got to be just even more, you know, stress and just like, man, what the hell? Yeah. Situation going on. Like, we saw Andrew McCutcheon posting on Twitter, like, I just want to play. Like, we're good. Um, but to have two false positives come through on top of having to deal with everything with the Marlins, and it's just been a, a train wreck. I mean, now you have the same situation with the Cardinals. Cardinals. Every, every week it's going to be a new team, and that's... Who wants to take a trip to the casino? <sighs> that's the worry, right, is that... At what point does this become unsalvageable? Because you already have now, what, I think six teams that have been affected by this either directly or indirectly, right? Because it's not it's not just the Phillies, the Marlins, right. uh, the Cardinals, right? It's now the Orioles. It's now the Yankees, right? Because the Brewers. The, the Brewers uh, that have to 
make up these games at some point. And that's un- it's completely unfair to the Phillies, right? Yep. That they had to put a week on hold for no cause of their own, right? Besides the fact that they played the Marlins and boom, now they have to you know postpone games, right? How, how do you manage that? I mean, it was already going to be so difficult with the way the schedule was set up. I mean, you're playing two seven-inning doubleheaders. And, and you want me to say that there isn't an asterisk on this season? Like, I was willing to give this season a chance and be like, all right, like, you know, whatever, you still have to go in there and compete. But, like, at one point, do you actually compromise the competitive integrity of the season? And it goes all the way back to Rob Manfred. Yes. Because all you have to do is say, hey, this is the deal or you're not playing. Like, players are not on any sort of, of lockdown like they are in a bubble that we've seen from the NBA, the NHL, MLS, PLL, like those teams, no positive tests in their bubble for an extensive amount of time. And things are going swimmingly. You look at baseball. Now we've had six teams. I believe it is. Like we said, affected by the, the gross negligence and just stupidity of a handful of players that decide, Oh, we're going to, you know, it, it's safe out here where we're at. We're going to go party. We're going to go hang out. and Because allegedly what the Marlins were doing was much worse than what's being reported, yes. too. Um, so, I mean, when does it trickle down to Major League Baseball as a whole stepping in and saying, this is what you need to do or you're not playing? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back even further. You know, uh, all these players are saying, you know, tell us when and where. Well, they said when and where. Let's do a bubble. And you didn't want to do that. Yep. And that was the best option. Again, I know it's not difficult. It's not easy to leave your family for that extended period of time. But that was the best option. And we're seeing so clearly that the bubble option is the best, and in my opinion, the only way that you can do this. Right? Because, again, I don't I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the Phillies that win the World Series this year. Because... I can freely say this because I can say confidently they are not, not going, going to, to do this. But I wouldn't even – I'd barely count it because this this season is so screwed already. How can you possibly say this season is just like any other when it is so obviously not? You had a – we're going to have triple headers. Yep. Like, we're, how? How can you say that when there's going to be so many games crammed in all together, right? And this is a week and a half into the season? And you're, you already have, like, these hardships. <laughs> like, you already have all these difficulties. You already have the this these insane scheduling headaches because it's a domino effect, too, right? It's not, again, it's not just now between, oh, these series are canceled, we'll make them up at this date, right? Which is already difficult in a, a baseball season, right? You see these things punted yep. from April all the way to September. You have two months to make up these games, a, a two-month window. And that's even if you don't have to... You know, quarantine yourselves, right? Or have any other kind of issues. Or if you play against a ta- team that has positive cases, and now you have to shut down for a week. It's um, it's unbelievable. It's I, I don't know how this season goes on. I mean, we're we're limping through and pretending like it's fine, and it's just it isn't fine. And it's barely gotten underway too, in the yes. grand scheme of things. Um, Phillies right now losing one nothing to the Yankees. No surprise. Luke Voigt hit a home run. Uh, in the words of Jim Salisbury. It went the uh, the koalas' favorite distance, if you know, you know. Um, but uh, one last parting shot I have here. Shout out to the uh, Premier Lacrosse League. Fantastic tournament so far. Semifinals tomorrow. Bunch of Philly guys uh, out there 
still playing, uh, most notably Grant Ament, number one overall pick from uh, Penn State. Philly Delco kid showed up yesterday to their game uh, rocking a Brian Westbrook jersey upon arrival to the stadium. Uh, Ryan Ambler, another Philly guy, Drew Adams. Um, Matt Rambo, still in the tournament. He gets back underway Thursday. Chris Collins, friend of the show, coaching the Redwoods. Uh, and a number of other Philly guys, too. Blaze Reardon, adopted Philly guy since he plays for the Wings. Uh, shout out to all the Philly guys competing tomorrow and on Sunday, whoever makes it to the championship. Any final thoughts, Matt? Wear the mask. Do it. Wash your hands. <laughs> it's easy. It's so simple. Uh, make sure you guys check out our all-new website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. All of our written content is there. Tabs for all the podcasts are there. Make sure you check it out. Shout out to Kevin Guest for doing the damn thing with that bad boy because um, it looks absolutely fantastic. And uh, you'll get written content from myself, Matt, Dom, everybody that's part of the Underground crew is putting stuff up there. So make sure you check it out, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are in the process of getting a new Instagram uh, expert underway with some of our accounts. So at PHI. For Twitter and Instagram, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina, and you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you think about this Flyers team, the Sixers moving forward, uh, anything with the Phils, the Union, anything that comes to mind, drop it in our podcast reviews. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. We are eerily close, I believe, 40 five-star ratings and reviews away from 300 uh so let's get the reviews back up and running and uh you can also check us out on spotify google play soundcloud stitcher the tune in app iHeartRadio, radio.com wherever you get your podcast we are there we'll be back later this week anything phillies hopefully the union pull out a big dub tonight and uh the flyers and sixers obviously doing their thing in the bubbles and it's been a blast having Matt back in studio for the first time since uh, before the world ended. <laughs> World's still burning. It's still burning, but Matt's back. Um, so it's been – a lot of people don't realize the difference it makes having somebody next to you to talk on a podcast than it is speaking through a phone. It makes a world of difference yes. in just the chemistry and the flow of everything. So it has been a joy having you back where you belong. My rightful seat. <laughs> uh, keep living the dream, as Matt would say. And uh, shout out to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, Design Tree providing our kick ass merch, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code DSGN10. Save yourself $10 off at checkout and of course tomahawk shades use the promo code usp at checkout save yourself 25 percent off your entire order and all orders 75 dollars and over qualify for free shipping it's been underground sports philadelphia episode number 254 for matt i'm kb we are signing off peace the people's